This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Ashley. And I'm Lacey, and this is the United States of Murder. This week, we're in Oklahoma discussing a house of horrors. Then we'll discuss the tragic death of an aspiring ballerina. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Sooner State. You're not required to be friends with anyone, not even your child's friend's parents. Sometimes we just clash with other parents so we can just leave it to the kids to navigate their own friendship. Maybe we can't just pinpoint why we don't jive with them but we can at least be friendly and cordial. Other times, we may have a gut feeling that something's off about them. Always trust those instincts and explore that further. Regardless of how we personally feel about them, it is important to get to know them. You don't have to have coffee dates, but at least chat with them from time to time. Communication is key. Sometimes the people we least expect have a dark side. Some folks don't give off any bad vibes necessarily, they're just kind of quiet. If you were to ask for my advice, I'd tell you to Facebook stalk them and look up their records on Court Connect. But I get that not everyone is as nosy as I am. We can feel totally assured that our child is safe in the presence of their friend's family and be totally off. How do we figure that out? Sometimes it is impossible. case I'll be talking about is one that was very recently in the news. I have no idea what you're talking about, but that intro is making me second guess every parent that I let my kids spend the night with. And by the way, I'm not saying it's the parents' fault. No, no, I don't. Just like, it's just one of those things you don't always know. Hell, people date people that have to be psychopaths. I know. You don't know. And this is a pretty dark one. I mean, they're all bad, obviously. We always say that, but I'm just going to warn you now. I have no idea what you're about to tell me. It happened in Oklahoma. Yeah, no shit. Obviously. <laughs> but you, I figured I got a lot of news updates on my Facebook since we're close to Oklahoma. Maybe you have heard of it. You just don't remember. Maybe. Okay. Holly Guess was a loving single mother to her three children who worked from home by selling insurance. Her mom said she was a fantastic mother who loved her children beyond belief. In 2021, Holly and her kids moved to Henrietta, Oklahoma. Soon after she moved, she met a man named Jesse McFadden, and they got married in May of 2022. Holly's oldest daughter was named Riley and was 17 years old in 2023. So this year, she was very artistic and wanted to be a doctor so that she could one day help people. Her son, Michael James, was 15 years old and super sporty. He played football and ran cross-country and track. Her youngest was 13-year-old Tiffany, who also ran cross-country. She was in the choir and was trying out for the cheerleading squad. Holly was optimistic about her family's future, but as her own mother put it, she was fooled by Jessie's charm. So Jessie, her new husband, had a pretty bad rap sheet. He was convicted in 2003 first-degree rape. Holy shit! Yeah, and he served nearly 16 years in prison before being released in 2020. For the rape? Yes. When you said he had a, I thought he wrote hot checks or something. No, like bad, bad. He was initially sentenced to 20 years, but was freed three years early for good behavior. Oh my god. I'm getting ahead of you. Well, their opinion of good behavior is very questionable. Because they caught a contraband cell phone on him in 2016 and found nude photos that had been traded back and forth with the young woman. And I'm like, good behavior. Like, what? He didn't. Are you not allowed to have nude photos in prison? You're not allowed to have cell phones. Oh, they were on the phone. They were on. He had a contraband cell phone. Oh, so they were. He was sending dick pics and. Yeah, that's a big no no. I only know from Orange is the New Black. You can't have any. (laughs) Not even a cigarette hidden in your. In your pillowcase. Mm-mm. You're in trouble. Mm-mm. So Caitlin Babb moved from Texas to Oklahoma in 2015 to live with her grandparents. Once she moved, she got a new cell phone with a new number. And one night, 
Jesse sent her a text. So this is 2015. He's using his little cell phone. She had no idea who he was. He was just trying to reach the person that number previously belonged to. At least that's what he said. She had just moved, had no friends. So they kind of had a texting friendship, you know? How old was she? Back and forth. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, at first, he didn't tell her that he was in prison. Well, no. Yeah, of course not. And he explained the same thing he had told his wife. It was all a misunderstanding. He didn't actually rape anyone. He did, but he obviously lies about it. So Caitlin was 16 years old. Yeah. And Jesse knew it because he asked her for proof. That she was a child. Yes. And she sent him a photo of her learner's permit. Oh my. Because she didn't have a license yet. So he's like, okay, awesome. You are 16. Gross. Yeah. Quickly, Jesse turned sexual in these texts. Caitlin felt like he actually loved her, and she felt like he cared about her. Girl, I've been bamboozled, <laughs> and I'm 42. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Especially to young, Young, optimistic. Naive. Yeah, I mean, it's young and dumb. Not that she's dumb. No, but I know what you mean. we all are. We're 16. You know, we get attention. We're like, oh, they- They love me. It's genuine. We sure. think everything's genuine until yeah. we get- Bamboozled. Bamboozled. So they corresponded through texts, letters, phone calls, and video calls for a year and a half. All on the cell phone? All on- the, He had this contraband for a long time. Somebody knew he had- You can't video call from a cell phone in prison and nobody sees you? Only in the bathroom, maybe, but- The bathroom's in your stall, or in your cell, I mean. Oh, yeah? Your toilet and sink is right there by your- Yeah. Yeah, bed. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. It doesn't I guess matter. It's irrelevant. His, he asked his roommate if it was cool. I don't know. This is just speculation. Maybe he shared the phone. Sure, probably. And that's how he- their Keep mouth, your mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, her grandparents that she was living with happened to find one of the letters in her bedroom, very sexual in nature, and they saw that it was from a prison because it's stamped by the prison. Yeah. And they wasted no time reporting it to the Oklahoma Department of Corrections. They're like, I mean, Mm -hmm. first of all, this is a grown man. He's in Mm -hmm. his 30s. Second of all, he's a in the He's a sexual predator. Yes. And I cannot even imagine as a parent, as a grandparent, whatever, finding out not only is your child dating someone twice your age almost, they're in prison for rape. Brutal rape. Yeah. At the prison, this is how they found out he had a phone. Because the grandparents. grandparents. Yep. They confiscated it and charges were filed against him on September 29th, 2017. He was... He was charged with soliciting sexual conduct with a minor and possession of child pornography. Because, I mean... She's a minor. Yeah, and he knew it. He Mm -hmm. can't lie. He asked her for her driver's Mm -hmm. permit. I mean, can't lie your way out of that. And even after his cell was taken away, he found a way to call her. So he would still call Caitlin. He convinced her to drive to the county courthouse in Muskogee to ask them to drop the case. And then he started threatening her. And I'm sure she was scared because at this point, she dropped out of high school and moved back to Texas. She blocked his number and then told the DA, okay, I'll testify against him. Because at first she didn't want to. She thought, we're in love. And then finally he started threatening her and she's like, oh my God, he's taking a turn on yeah. how he treats me. And she's like, I'm, I'm at, I want to get away from this guy. So, fast forward to May of 2023, a couple months ago, Jesse had only been out of prison for a few years, but enough time to have met Holly. He had truly convinced Holly all these things were misunderstandings. Man, I just don't... I know. I'm not blaming Holly. No. I just... But some people are smooth talkers. Oh, yeah. And can convince people. People that you wouldn't think of lies. I, I don't know. Sure, yeah. But May of 2023, he had not yet gone to court over the charges that he got in 2017. So he still has to go for those. So the night before, Caitlin was traveling to Oklahoma for court. 
and she received a Facebook message request because they weren't friends at 8 p.m. the night before they were scheduled to go to court. And it was from Jesse, and the message confused her. She didn't really know what it meant, but she screenshot it and sent it to the Muscogee County DA. She didn't respond, but she was surprised he messaged her because that was violating the terms of his bail. Mm-hmm. She's like, he's going to get in he's trouble go for back this. To prison. Yeah, exactly. His message said, I did exactly what I promised I would do when I got out. I got a marketing job making great money and was being advanced. Been there two years now and made a great life like I promised I would do with you. Now it's all gone. I told you I wouldn't go back. This is all on you for continuing this. Like blaming her for these charges against him. Uh The next morning, Caitlin got a call from the prosecutor. Apparently there was another delay. Jesse's lawyer asked for a continuance over an issue related to his phone. They didn't get that descriptive about that because just an hour and a half later, the prosecutor called her back and said there was a missing persons notice about Jesse. So now he's just missing. Mm -hmm. She was terrified because she thought after that message, he's coming after her. He's coming for her. He knows she's in Oklahoma. He's going to get her. So she packed up her things and rented an Airbnb 45 minutes away. Because she's still like, we might have court in the next couple days or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Turns out, Jesse wasn't the only missing person. On that Monday morning, an Amber Alert was issued to find two missing teen girls, 14-year-old Ivy Webster and 15-year-old Brittany Brewer. They were at a sleepover at the McFadden home with the youngest daughter, Tiffany, and they didn't come home. So over the weekend, they had a sleepover with Tiffany, and they had been planning to go swimming on a ranch in McAllister. They never went swimming, and they didn't return home by 5 p.m. on Sunday like they were expected. They weren't responding to texts, calls, or anything, which is weird for a couple of teenage girls, and they never ignored texts anyway from their parents. The police went to Jesse and Holly's home and found a massacre. Seven people total were found shot to death. Oh my gosh. Holly, her three children, their two friends, and Jesse. 39-year-old Jesse had shot them all to death, then turned the gun around on himself and pulled the trigger. Oh my god. Before he shot himself, he staged six victims. So he lived out in the country on a rural piece Uh of property. He staged everyone. And they didn't die where they were found. Okay. I see he what shot you're saying them now. and then moved, moved their bodies. Them. Yeah. Or maybe not I don't want to say pose them, but move them. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It was there was no explanation to that, but he would put some people inside, some outside. He moved all of their bodies. Doesn't make much sense to me, but that's what he did. And the weapon was a handgun that Holly had purchased in twenty twenty two. And Holly's mother said that she had only just learned about Jesse's criminal history a few months prior. And she was saying that he had convinced Holly all of his charges were just a huge misunderstanding, Mm -hmm. a big mistake. She said he was quiet but controlling and very much so a manipulator. He had to know where Holly's children were at all times. They're not his biological children at all. And they're teenagers at this point. So... It gave Holly's mom major red flags. And Ivy's father, Justin Webster, had filed a missing persons report when his daughter didn't return home on Sunday. And he said they were also shocked to learn about Jesse's criminal history. He said, I would say that he was weird. He was always getting into his kid's phone and reading all their Snapchats and all of that. It wasn't in a way of a concerned parent, though. It was more of keeping tabs on the kids. There's one thing to be a concerned parent if you think something's going on. When you're 13 to 17, that's, I'm sorry, that's, I don't, I don't approve with reading all of your child's. No. Mm -mm, I know some parents that do that. I'm not trying to judge them, but I just feel like at a certain point your child needs. I'll give you privacy until you give me a reason to doubt you or make me want to know what you're doing Mm -hmm. because I've caught you doing something bad or wrong or, you know what I mean? If you, 
If you betray mm-hmm. my trust, exactly, then I'm now you hand me your phone. And he had they hadn't done any of that. It was just it's like just the, him, yeah. him grabbing their phone. Let me look through your snaps and all oh this stuff. God. Just very. Uh, and it's their stepdad yeah, of a that. couple of years. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. After the murders, the home was inspected and some very disturbing things were found. Oh, God. In the living room, living room, okay, there was a twin-size mattress on the floor with a blanket. In the corner of the room, there were desktop monitors and a computer tower hooked up to it. And they found two more computer towers and four more desktop monitors throughout the house. Do you think maybe the mattress in the living room was from the sleepover, though? I would have thought that. Oh, were you going to tell me more? If it wasn't for the next part. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. That's what I had thought. <laughs> I'm like, think, oh, it's oh, a palette for yeah. a kid. That's sure. exactly why. Well, next to the living room, there was another bedroom. And the bed frame had restraints bolted into it. Bolted? Bolted with chains attached. Oh. Oh, God. And there were also sex and bondage devices throughout the room. And this wasn't like the master bedroom. Mm. It's a side room by the living room. So from there, you're like, okay, there's this mattress. It's just kind of weird. Like, is there some weird film thing? going on and we don't know that at this point but it kind of gave me that vibe yeah 10 feet away in the kitchen the public family kitchen there was another restraint bolted into the counter this is yeah awful there were fresh locks and chains still attached to that so it's like someone had been locked to the kitchen counter i don't know Consenting adults can do whatever they want. Sure. If that's your jam, that's fine. Go but it's it. the fact, the there disturbing part. In this house. Exactly. That's the disturbing part. And in the pictures, they're all over the place. Just sex toys, uh, restraints, all over the house. And these are like either teenagers or prepubescent yes. and girls. Like Thirteen is the young. It's just like no. I couldn't even fathom this. Mm-mm. There was also a human dog collar. They didn't have a dog. Handcuffs drug paraphernalia, and weapons sitting in the laundry room. And there was a syringe filled with a dark-colored substance. They haven't revealed what that was. I don't know what it could be either. Probably heroin. And they found all of the cell phones of the victims in a cabinet in the laundry room. So at some point... He took them. Before he killed (sighs) them, he had gotten all of their phones. It just gives me the chills. And there was also a check signed by Holly for a local storage unit located at Ulock Storage. There was even a unit number written on the check. So she had recently purchased a storage unit. Mm-hmm. And people think maybe it's because of him. It, he told her to. We don't know. So the thing is, this case is still ongoing and under investigation. This was literally just found a couple of months ago. I have never heard of this. I don't know where I've been. But it just has, it's just like, you think it's bad, and then it's worse, and then you're like, what happened to these poor girls before they were mur- in the sun before they were murdered? Right. And they haven't said yet if anything sexual had happened or... Hopefully not. I hope not, but it's just everything in this whole house, I don't know. So the girls, like, went over to the house, like, Friday. Right, but they were going... Um, but you don't know when, how long they were at the house before this happened? Well, they had at least spent the night because that's, they were going right, okay. to a place to swim on a right. ranch. So that's that's what I was asking because you would think that they would have seen this and somebody would have called their fucking mom and been like, "Yeah, you need to call and tell them... I'd, didn't do something and you got to come get me right now. And Unless he took their phones yeah, immediately. Maybe he took their phones immediately. They never went to the ranch. But then he sent that message to her on Facebook. Yeah, the night before. The night before. So we, the police have not yet given a timeline of when they right. think the murders happened versus when right. he shot himself. Or sure. I hope it wasn't like a weekend long torture session, but why does he have all this crap in the house? And if it was just two adults doing stuff, you should not have that in your kitchen. Laundry room. In the laundry room. And, oh. No. 
there's photos of all of this too, like the laundry room, the kitchen, and it's not right. So then it makes that bed in the living room look weird. Yeah. And all the computer monitors and stuff. I don't know. So they they took in all the computers, and I'm sure something real bad was going on on those. We don't know yet, but something bad was happening in that house before these murders happened. And I will be following the story. It's one of those things, it's just going to get worse. They're going to reveal more. But the Webster family, Ivy's father, called the FBI to get involved because they felt like those handling their daughter's death weren't taking it seriously enough. I couldn't imagine. Well, apparently the police weren't at first searching the home and they told all the families that they could. No, you need to bring some... I've never heard of this in my entire life. No, you need to take some pictures... Put get the baggies out, those evidence bags. Exactly. Take so, this shit. Yeah. So Justin Webster was one of the people who first saw all this crap in their house. The dad. The dad of Jesus one of the Christ. yeah of one of these girls. Mm-hmm. It's a murder investigation. Why would they let anyone explore the house? That doesn't what make any world? sense. So did no, the FBI really get involved. Well. Well, this is new, so we don't know if they are or not or yet, at least, you but know, he's like trying to get OBI. them involved. No. I'm not a police officer. I'm not an investigator, but I know you, you, you don't, don't need, need the family anyone tramping through. You don't need anyone involved. Has no one ever heard of John Bonet Ramsey's case? Jesus Christ. But anyway, my sources are NBC News, New York Post, Independent, and KFOR News. But man, that's it's freaking bad. This is terrible. And since I don't have a date tonight and we're recording on a Friday, I shall dive into this when I get home tonight. And I'm not saying people should look a certain way, but at just face value, he just looks like a, a thirty just a, a basic, late thirty white dude. His, his name's Jeff. He's not yeah. <laughs> he's not like attractive, but he's not a he just doesn't stand out as a troll. You wouldn't look twice at him at tractor he, supply. No, you yeah. don't he doesn't necessarily I mean it's hard to look at him and put that aside from what you know he's done but you don't look at him and go oh my god I wouldn't sketchy yeah he would blend into any crowd I remember growing up in the 80s and even in the early 90s and spending the night with girls I went to school with Mm -hmm. and you just ride the bus home with them on Friday night and then their parents bring you home Mm -hmm. the next day my parents didn't know all their parents or know where they lived or, you know what I mean? It was just blind trust to just let your kid go. And I had a couple of friends. I remember when I was younger, like first grade or whatever, their parents wouldn't let them spend the night at my house, but they would let them come for a birthday party, but they couldn't be there for a sleepover. Yeah. And I always thought that was so oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Their parents are so mean. Yeah. I can't believe they don't let their... And now I'm like... I would never know. I don't know. But seriously, this now that I'm going to be a parent. Yeah. New fears unlocked every day, Lacey. I could have got, I didn't. Thank God. But I'm like, oh my God. Yes. There's just. Well, luckily, Max has a kind of core group of little boys that he's friends with Mm -hmm. and through sports or, um, you know, school. And and we've became friends with their parents through all Mm -hmm. of these things to where we would hang out with them outside of, you know, our kids or whatever. So I'm very blessed in that I've been to their houses multiple times. They've been to mine. They've been to Max's dad's house. We're all comfortable even saying, hey, can you run and pick up Max from school? Yeah. And I'll come get him from your house after work or whatever, because I don't think I could let, again, we're not blaming parents. No, no, no. Not at all. But it's just the times. But you know what? I don't know. I think, now these weren't little kids. Max is nine. Yeah. These were 13-year-old girls. Yeah. You would, with cell phones. Yeah. Where you you would be like, if this shit's shady, you know you better call me. Yeah. You're not as worried because your kid has a phone. You can call me. I wouldn't have thought about, they're going to confiscate their phones. Let me They're tell adults, you. and they can hold a, them at gunpoint and take their phones away. Max had a play date oh. with somebody, and I knew the mother just from, like, pickup at school, yeah. but I didn't know her like mm-hmm. I know. This, this is not one of his, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. one of his boys, as he calls them. This yeah. is just another little boy that he's friends with, wants to have a play date. When I took him and dropped him off, which is just a couple hours to play, and it wasn't far mm-hmm. from my house, and it wasn't a sleepover. You can play for a few hours while I go get groceries yeah. or whatever. 
girl, I walked all through her house. I was like, oh my God, I'm about to pee my pants. Can I use your bathroom? That's a good idea. So I That's walked, idea. so I could walk through. I would be that, nosy as hell. Not that I'm a psycho mom, but my I kid will is staying here with <laughs> you. So A, I want to make sure you don't have roaches and your house is clean. Oh, Clutter, not worried about. Yeah. But is your house clean? So I walked all through Ugh. and then I was like, oops, I got lost just so I could walk through her kitchen. I'm like, let me walk through this here. This is a new fear unlocked. I'm like, yeah. when the time comes when yeah. my kid wants to go to birthday parties, I don't know people don't with babies off. right now. I don't know anyone that's going to be my kid's age, period. I don't have. But you'll meet, see, but, but that's, you I'm will a, meet I'll meet them. I'll meet strangers. You will meet strangers. <laughs> but that's what I'm, I'm like. How does anyone let their kid leave their house? But those strangers uh, will, you will get a whole new group of quote unquote, and I hate this term, mom friends. Because I know it sounds really gross and, and yeah, suburban, yeah. but you will get that group of you'll meet them. Yeah, I mean I'll have to and for you, my kid. Yeah, to have, yeah, and through sports yeah. or daycare or whatever, and you will go out for drinks with those moms because you can talk to those moms like I can't stand my fucking kid, but you know you can't. You know you love yeah. your kid, and you know that they're your safe space, and you will meet those mom friends. Mm-hmm. Just I will look at every one of theirs and their husband's criminal backgrounds. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's like, how much did she Connect. pay for her house? <laughs> I'm looking at everything. I don't care. I maybe am on the verge of weird when it comes You're not. to I'm nosy. I want to know everything. I don't know. Do they have older brothers or what? Oh, oh Lord. Well, I can't and, even. And that's my thing is with the kid that I let Max go mm-hmm. over play, single mom. No, mm-hmm. nothing. I have I have met many single mom friends now yeah. because I have been single for 3,000 years. <laughs> but she was also, I'm an older mom. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm in my mid-40s. That's going to be me. Exactly. <laughs> literally, we are the same age when we had our baby. So this is your future, I'm, I'm, Lacey, yeah. except you're happily married. But I'm going to be hanging out with 21 years. No. <laughs> well, that's the thing is this mother was 24 and single. Yeah. And had her her boyfriend was on his way over, and I literally could not get my grocery shopping done fast mm-hmm. enough because I was a nervous wreck. Nothing against yeah. this woman; no. she's a sweet girl. Her kid's adorable, and yeah, you just didn't really know her right. very well. Didn't know her, very, and I sure didn't know her boyfriend that was coming yeah. over. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the thing. What's boyfriend, he going to do? Is he going to yeah. show up drunk? Is he? What if he gets pissed off and hits her in front of my kid? I mean, I don't know exactly, I don't, and I know that's worst case scenario. Nothing happened. He that's, was great. That's what I w- I'm thinking already. And but I, I was it's like, still a, a I don't fetus. Even, I don't even need to go to the frozen food section. Fuck it. I can get that later. I'm like, let me grab some bread and eggs and I'm out of here. Oh, I don't even know how I'm going to. My child is going to be so neurotic. How do you make your kid not neurotic when you They are, have their own personality and you can't oh do anything Oh my God. I just, I don't know. I just have to remember nothing bad happened to me, but to be very aware and cautious when my child is at other places you will be and (sighs) you will realize that our neuroses as mothers because and this is what you can't sometimes seem to make dads understand yeah i gave birth to this child yeah you have no idea what i went through for nine months carrying him and how many nights i stayed up worried I will die if something happens to yeah. him. I love him so much. So if you fuck around and lose yeah. him, I will be on Dateline. Yes. I already have guilt for things I haven't done yet. Moms and dads <laughs> are completely different. You will also learn that. Oh, I've, trust me. I've, yeah, I, I already get the gist of that. But nothing that you're going to do is going to be – Yeah. You're, just, you're every mom. You are literally every mom, and you should not feel worried or guilty about it. Every mom that I know feels the exact yeah. same way. I'm going to put a poll up on Spotify because you can do that with episodes that say, do you let your young child spend the night at people's houses or not? I'm curious. Well, you know, and I think I told you this, Max spent the night with a friend and we did know them through preschool and he wanted to spend the night with mm-hmm. his first, first sleepover ever. Yeah. And I took him over there. They lived in the country and I think I've already talked about this once on here. They lived in the country and when I walked in, there was like a rifle leaned up behind the door in the living room. And I was like, oh, dear you, God. you've got to put that up. Yeah. 
And dad's like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll put it up. Our kid, you know, they had like four kids. Oh and they're like, gosh. our kids know all about it. I was like, well, yeah, but Max doesn't. Oh, my God. And he plays Nerf guns. And I just you don't lock want that up. I was like, you need to. He's like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get it put up. And he started talking about something else. I was like, Mm-mm. could you go put that up now, though, mm-hmm. while I'm here? Like, I'm not. I mean, and I'm not trying to be an asshole. This is your house, but yeah, he's six, yeah, I and that's a fucking out. hunting rifle. And I'm not. I know people are going to probably write like you're a lunatic, but no, no, my no. child was not raised around guns. I don't own one. I have nothing against guns. My sister has guns. She has her concealed carry. She carries all the time. Nothing against them. Well, yeah, my dad had guns. Yeah. He was a hunter, and he had a gun cabinet in his bedroom. It was locked at all times. If he was cleaning his gun, we were not allowed to go in the bedroom. And I think that's a good a good rule. People can do what they want, but it's like I should not, as a child, have access to guns. Even if I quote unquote, I'm around them and I get them. You're a kid. He's like, no, you don't. You know, our kids know not to touch. And I was like, yeah, but Max doesn't because he's six, and that's he plays with Nerf guns, and I just don't want somebody to get that, or even them running through the house and it falls over and go off. There's so many gun accidents that happen. Just please put it up while I'm here. Please just just lock your guns up around kids. That's all I ask for gun owners. Right. So then also, I I didn't sleep at all that night because I was like, Jesus Christ, they probably got a gun under their fucking mattress, and so. Moral of the story is Max has never spent the night with anybody again. <laughs> no, I'm playing. He does go over to a couple little yeah. boys' houses that, again, I know their parents and, and we're cool. And, mm-hmm. and their kids spend the night at my house. But you you will meet the people that you trust with your child, yeah. Lacey. I'm hoping I get the vibes. And you will. And you'll get the vibes. ones where you're like, mm. oh, dear. Yeah. Let's take a break. Let's do. Are you ready for mine? I am. So, Jewel Jean Buskin, or Julie, had always dreamed of being a ballerina like so many other little girls, and she actually grew up in Benton, Arkansas. Oh, wow. And her parents are Mary and Bud, so they're all Arkansas natives. Mm -hmm. Julie was popular. She had a lot of friends and had been a ballerina almost her entire life. Wow, like for real ballerina. Yeah, like for real ballerina. She worked very hard at it, lots of practice, very disciplined. Oh, have you seen their feet? They're, yeah. They take a beating to their yeah. bodies, basically. Yes. Ooh, there's no way I can be that disciplined. Of, it's a lot of hard work. Yeah, it is. People talk about athletes. I'm yeah. like, dancers? Oh, 100%. Get yeah. completely forgotten. And even cheerleaders, yeah. the training, and yeah. the, it, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Don't sleep on us girls. I agree. And, or even male ballerinas. Cousin was a male cheerleader. Mm-hmm. College scholarship did all the things. Yeah. So, anyways, it's, it's tough. It's tough. So, um, after high school, she moved to Norman, Oklahoma, and attended the University of Oklahoma. She worked on her bachelor's degree in dance, and when she would come back from Arkansas for her, like her breaks and stuff, she would perform with Ballet Arkansas. Oh, nice! And one of her last performances was Swan Lake. I still haven't seen that here, and I want to. Oh, it's so good. So in December of 1996, Julie had just finished her classes and graduated from OU and had planned on moving back home to Arkansas Mm. to work on her master's at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. She was working on her early childhood education degree and wanted to teach little kids Mm -hmm. ballet. So her parents were coming in the next day to help load all of her stuff and move her back home. December 20th, Julie attended a Christmas party with friends. She had volunteered to take a friend to the airport the next morning around 4 a.m., and this would be the last time anyone would see or hear from her. At 5.30 a.m., a neighbor at Julie's apartment complex called 911. He said he and his wife heard a really loud, awful scream coming from the parking lot. He heard a man saying, shut up, get into the car. Several other neighbors said they also heard the scream and saw a car driving kind of crazy out of the parking lot. There was an off-duty police officer who lived there as well, and he heard it too. Wow! So he goes outside, but he doesn't see anything. Julie had plans to meet a friend for lunch the next day, but when he got to her apartment, she was nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. Her car was not in the parking lot either, so he left 
went to work, came back afterwards to check on her, nothing. So he's worried now and starts driving around. He checked the airport where she had went to drop off the friend, nothing. His grandfather happened to be friends with a chief of police, so they called and reported Julie missing. So Julie's parents are on their way from Arkansas right now. At the same time, all of this is going on. When they get there to Oklahoma, that's when they are told their daughter is missing. Twelve hours later, about 15 miles from her apartment, Julie's body was found on the bank of Lake Stanley Draper. She had been sexually assaulted. Her hands were bound with shoelaces and were tied behind her back. She was face down with her head and shoulders in the water. She had scrapes and cuts on her forehead and blood in her nose. There were bruises on her thighs, which indicated a very brutal rape. Oh, man. She had been shot once, execution style, in the back of the head with a twenty-two. Her pants had been pulled down, and her pink leotard was found about 20 feet from her body. Her initials were written inside the tag of the Mm. leotard. The leotard also had fecal matter and semen on it. which was sent for testing and a 22 caliber bullet was taken from her body and also sent for testing. The police found footprints in the sand by the lake and some of the footprints, you know, had been swept away. So they couldn't get like a good, yeah, yeah, it was sand. The police were able to photograph the shoe patterns, which was a size nine Nike running shoe. They contacted Nike Corporation, and they identified the shoe as a Nike Air 2. I'm guessing a men's nine? Yes. Julie's car was found in an apartment complex parking lot a block away from where she lived. The same sand was found inside the car, so her killer had driven it back to the parking lot after he had killed her. Her cell phone, CD player, and radar detector were missing from her car. Julie's favorite ring that she always wore was also reported missing. They pulled Julie's cell phone records, and it had been used after she died. The killer made a phone call to a weather forecast. What? And a phone number that had been disconnected. What a dumb killer. A $70,000 reward was offered for any information on the case. A month later... A man who had seen Julie's car on the night she died called the police. He said he'd been driving near the lake and it cut him off. So he was pissed off. Mm -hmm. So he began following the car for several miles and he instantly recognized it as the same car when he saw the photo of it, like on the news. Yeah. So this man worked with a forensic artist named Harvey Pratt to create a sketch of the man that was driving the vehicle. It was a young Hispanic male around college age with long, dark hair. And this sketch was put on the Oklahoma and national news. Mm -hmm. No one recognized this person. There were no leads, and eventually Julie's case went cold. There would not be any update on it for almost five years. Mm -hmm. So six years after Julie was killed, a man named Anthony Sanchez was arrested for second-degree burglary and the rape of his former girlfriend. Once arrested, Anthony had provided his DNA. So in some states, not all, when you are arrested and charged with a felony, your DNA is automatically taken. Right. Some allow DNA collection at booking, and others allow DNA collection upon charging prior Mm -hmm. to release. So that's different. Or after a probable cause hearing. So they don't just take it automatically, which I thought... They would, but they can't. Because technically you haven't been Been found guilty or innocent yet. Some states will let them take it before you've been charged with anything. So just because a state allows collection of a certain DNA Mm -hmm. does not mean that they are allowed to upload it or process it. 
They can take it. Then what's the point? I guess just to have in the event that Just in that case you, the law changes, maybe? I mean, if you get charged with something, then they can do it. Oh, but, yeah. But yeah. then they just have it. Man. So Oklahoma allows analysis and upload as soon as the sample is collected if the arrest was mm-hmm. made with a felony warrant. But if the arrest was done without a felony warrant, they have to wait until the court has found probable cause. So this DNA was sent to CODIS and Anthony is released on bail. So they speak to the former girlfriends and acquaintances while they wait for those results. And one former girlfriend had written in her diary in October of 96 that Anthony had bought her some Nikes and a pair for himself. Nike Air 2s. Wow. How random. That's very specific, too. Yeah. Another girlfriend who had lived with him told police that he and his dad would often go shoot 22 guns. They got a warrant, but weren't able to find anything. They used an x-ray machine and tore down the walls. So... The landlord had gone into the home after police left to clean up and vacuum all this mess, and he finds the bullet. Wow. Or finds a bullet. And the bullet was consistent to the bullet found at the scene and had some unique grooves in it, but it couldn't be definitively matched. Anthony's DNA was a match for the DNA found on Julie's leotard, and he was arrested and charged with murder. Anthony was 18 years old when Julie was murdered. He had lived about a mile away from her and was a well-known thief. So police think that Anthony had been out on December 20th stealing Christmas presents from random cars (sighs) when Julie had returned home from dropping her friend off and Anthony saw her. She was abducted at gunpoint and told to drive to the lake. He then sexually assaulted and killed Julie leaving his DNA, footprints, all all the shit on everything. He took her phone and had tried to call one of his ex-girlfriends from Julie's phone. What are you thinking? But he was one number off, which was why he had called the wrong number. So 10 years later, in 2006, Anthony was convicted of murder, rape, and forcible sodomy. He was sentenced to death by lethal injection for capital murder. In 2009, Anthony's request for a new hearing was denied. In 2017, he filed an appeal, but it was also denied, and he is still on death row. At the University of Oklahoma, there is a dance scholarship in Julie's memory at the College of Fine Arts. Awful. Just, you're just in the wrong place. So often that's the case. Yes. It's just random. You don't know the person and it's... She's just getting manned in your own business. First thing in the morning, she's probably tired, just gets out of her car and he's just there. Just the worst type of human being possible. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's awful. It is awful. Switching gears. Let's, because... I have to tell you something. Okay. I watched The Evil Dead Rise. I have that in my notes to talk about, too. I watched The Evil Dead Rise You did? Yeah, uh, a couple nights ago. Well. What's your take? It's streaming on HBO Max. Yep. Finally fucking streaming. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. Have you seen the original? I have not. I've seen all of them. Did it matter to not see the original? Okay. No. I didn't see the original. I felt like I understood the whole plot. Yeah, no. They're all different. No. Um... Jump scares. Yeah, it's fast-paced. Lots of gory. gory. Can I just say... You almost throw up a thousand times. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I'm just going to say cheese grater. Oh, my God. That's creative. (laughs) Also, (laughs) gory in that, like, nails and eyeballs stuff. Yeah, when needles get close to mm -hmm. eyeballs... I can't. I had an easier time watching that than I do like Saw because something about torture bothers me more. But like this gore didn't like bother me, but it did like freak me out. Like I wasn't like going to turn it off. Like an elevator full of blood. I'm like, come, come on. (laughs) The ending, it was like you had to be uh, desensitized by the end because it was just everything covered in blood. Blood, Everything, blood, 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 people. Just you see their eyeballs. It's gory. It's it's jump scary, but it didn't keep me up at night. I wasn't like scared. I agree. It Six out of ten. Yeah, it's maybe. it's good, but it's not great. It's, it's not horrifying. No, it's I not. It's to, not like scary, scary. It's like in the moment, scary. I like, wanted to be oh. much more 
terrified. And I, I thought I would from the previews. Yeah, I agree. It looks way scarier in the previews, which is usually not the case. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just like psychologically, it didn't affect me. It was just very much at the time you watch it. Jump scares. It's like, at yeah, jump scares. The scariest part of me watching it was when I had to call you because there was a fucking tornado oh, in July. Was that when you were watching it? Yes. Oh, my gosh. And I called Lacey yeah. because she had made a post of her being on the road and my phone went off. And so I turned off the movie to watch the weather because it's yeah. saying tornado warning. And I was like, what? And so then I called Lacey because I was like, are you on the road? Where are you? Because they're saying that this is coming. And she's like, no, I'm at home by the pool. I'm like, it was sunny when you called me. I'm like, what? I'm trying to get my dog into the freaking laundry yeah. room. My power goes out. I'm like, Lacey, what's the weather doing? And I, I was so see. confused. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because our friend Jake had literally left oh, my house going toward your kind of direction. Yes. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's on the road. He ended up having to pull over. He's fine. He had to pull over for a while or whatever. But not long after I got off the phone with you, the sky here turned black. Mm-mm. Like it was so scary. Black. It was four black skies. Oh, scary. Quick. Oh, my God. It's tornadoes and stuff like that happens sick. so freaking fast. Sick of this weather. All of it. The heat. The oh tornadoes. It's like. It's enough. It's, it's a mess. It's enough. Anyways. Gold band update. Oh, how did that go over? Is Max thought it was hilarious. Oh, good. So he took he it did in stride. Laugh. Okay. He's, he was not disappointed, <laughs> but he said he was definitely like, what in the world? Why did my mom send me? Did it take him a minute to get that you thought he meant that? Yeah, no, he he knew. He's just like, well, at first, well no, because at first he said he thought... I don't think there's a theme night where I would need these. And he thought maybe I forgot to pack them. Yeah. And so I mailed them to him for a certain, because each night was a theme. And then he was like, no, this dumb bitch probably bought these for the cold That is so funny. (laughs) He's like, I was like, I probably need them for something. So I'll wear them. So he was excited to see us when we picked him up. That's fun. And um, so we picked him up last Saturday, and then he leaves next Sunday for another week of camp. Gosh, he's a busy boy. He is, and we're going on vacation in August. That's fine. The first week of August, and he was saying, why are we going on vacation so late? Like, all of my friends have already been on vacation, They're mm-hmm. and we're having to wait. I'm like, you are busy. Yeah, I mean, You're it's the not, reason why we're not yeah. going you're at camp like every he's other about week. to go to camp. It's July. Like, dude, August is just a few weeks later. You, you went to camp in June. Now yeah. you're going in July. You, when you come home from camp, it'll be two weeks, and then we're it's just in, hustle and bustle. And then we're in Florida for a week, so yeah. it's like you need space in between times. So he doesn't. He's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, no, let me tell you because I told him he called me last night. He stays, you know, with his dad on Wednesdays and Thursday uh-huh. nights. Mom, I need a hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. Ask your dad. (laughs) Right? I'm like, for what? Well, he got locked out of his Roblox account and had to create a new one. It's it's a game that I'm like, I have no idea what that means. So to get all of the things he had already had, it will cost him a hundred dollars. And I said, I tell you what, you can do chores for twenty dollars a week and earn that hundred dollars. That's a good idea. No, I don't want to do that. Why can't I just spend? Because you need to learn that you can't just, if you do chores and you realize what it takes to mm-hmm. earn this money, I bet you're not going to spend it on this yeah. game. You'll learn you know what's what I mean? more important. What than, do you want to yeah. do? Save this for something you really, really want yeah. or just impulse buy some Robux for a game? Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. I, I really need these. I really need these. And it's hard to teach monetary lessons to children yeah because i'm like when you do this you'll realize daddy and i have to work for our money and that's why we don't just give you yeah money just frivolously yeah yes for to blow on stuff so he has yet to do one chore so we'll see see what happens with that so anyways oh one more thing i know i'm talking i have more stuff too yeah i mean last thing and then you can go um so we did stay in Hot Springs Saturday mm-hmm. night. Did you do something creepy? No, I wanted oh. Max to go ghost hunt with me, but he wouldn't because he was tired from camp. I get it. <laughs> so the satellite was out 
because when it stormed down there, it oh. had jack, you know, you have to configure it and all yeah. that. So it's messed up. But we could watch stuff that was already recorded. Mm-hmm. And was it, did you tell me about this movie, The Domestics? Because it was recorded. Domestics. And it was so good. Was it scary? It's like a post-apocalyptic movie. I don't think so. It's really good, Lacey. No, I've never heard of it. I hadn't either. I was like, how did you record this? This is not your Kate vibe. Bosworth's in Yes. It? I like her. That's I've never why, heard of this that's movie. That's why I thought you were yeah, the one that told I, yeah, me. Yeah, I like her. Because you like her. Uh, I wonder if it's streaming anywhere. Like, it just recorded on TV? No, it was like on... We don't have movie channels in Hot Springs because we're not there enough. It so, might be on Prime. So you get like three weekends, you know, HBO or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. we'll just set it to record just huh. random shit. And it recorded that. And we had no idea. So we're like, let's just put this on. Me and Max and his dad were all three on the couch. Like, what? post-apocalyptic stuff really can freak me out, though. It freaks me out. I love the whole genre. And it sometimes is too depressing. It, well, like the road. That, I, that's exactly, I can't even think about that movie. That movie nope, is don't, awful. Don't even talk to me about no, the road. It's, it's awful. <laughs> so, but even Max liked it. It wasn't okay. too much for him. I mean, there were some parts where I was like, don't look at that. Yeah. Just for gore purposes. Sure. But he's like, is there a second one? I'm like, God, oh, I wish. Man. It, it's really good. Yeah, so never. I swear you told me about this. I don't think so. Anyways, I like that whole genre movies, but I'm like you. It, it, Sometimes it will it's get like, into my psyche. Yes. The road, really, I was like, this is devastating. And, I mean, like, I love Mad Max, but it's yeah. post-apocalyptic. But mm-hmm. this is really good. Put this on your okay. list. Yeah, it, I will. It's good. Well, I have one to not put on your list. What? I watched Vivarium last night on Amazon Prime. And my take is it's a dud. So, you know who Jesse Eisenberg is? No. Uh, he was in Social Network, Curly Hair, kind of oh, plays yes. a dorky guy. yeah. yeah. Nothing against him personally. I just don't really like him in things. I don't know why. I don't know why. He just rubs you wrong. He just, I don't, there's something about his acting. Anyway, uh, it was basically about a young couple looking for their perfect home and they find themselves trapped in a mysterious mm-hmm. labyrinth-like neighborhood of identical houses. So it's creepy in the beginning. It gets old fast. It's repetitive, more annoying than anything. There's a, a kid in it that is so annoying, but it's not a kid it's hard to explain it's kind of borders on supernatural like well sci-fi i guess yeah i keep getting bamboozled into i i love a sci-fi if it's well done but it, i prefer can, horror to sci-fi i don't know it can go south real quick with sci-fi if you like vivarium let me know but man i was like nah it was in the beginning i'm like oh this is interesting let's see where this goes it went nowhere good you're just like uh whatever i'm out but I'm glad you have a good suggestion. I have another one, too. Oh, please. Do you have more stuff? No. This is kind of long. Tell me. Is it a case? <laughs> it could. It could I be really a case. I really want to cover it. And, oh. But, but since I'm, um, it's, what's today? The 30th? It's the last day of mm-hmm. June. So it's still Pride Month, even though this is yeah. going to air in July. So, like I said, I am tired of going on bad dates. So I have literally been watching any and all documentaries, <sighs> just sitting home. Sharing yeah. a bag of chips with Wendy. I don't blame you. In the air conditioner. It's also too fucking hot to do Oh, anything. it is. It is. I don't miserable. even want to do activities indoors no. leaving my house. I don't hot. get it. It's too hot. So, I found this documentary. Is it the one you told me about? The depressing no. one? No. That's I'm going to talk about that day. on another okay. day. Okay. This is also very depressing. Girl. It's on YouTube. Oh. I know. I never think about YouTube. But you know what? You're home all day and you're not feeling great some days. So watch this. Yeah. Um, I have, I mean, yeah, I can put it on my TV and everything. I just sleep. I sleep on YouTube. I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, so do I. So it's called Debunking the Myth of Patient Zero, the AIDS Super Spreader. I've never heard of that. How did you stumble upon this? I'm such a nerd. I like to read and learn about everything. And if there's a documentary about it, I'm completely infatuated. I'll get to how I came across this. But so this documentary is insane. It's all about the AIDS epidemic Mm -hmm. and the man who is accused of spreading it throughout the U.S. I didn't know there was a person people blamed for it. I didn't. Yes. Well, that sucks. So this one man, he actually helped the CDC before he died 
by giving them his blood to test and research, wow. he ends up being completely drugged through the mud as patient zero oh. due to a clerical error. Yes. Yes. Which is very sad. I mean, sad isn't even the word for yeah. it. But it, so this documentary goes back to like the Stonewall riots. Yeah. And into the gay communities in New York City and across the U.S. And it talks about the gay cancer mm-hmm. oh, man. and just the whole start of AIDS and the way that homosexuals were treated. Yeah. I cannot count how many times I cried watching this movie. It talks about how it was a crime to be gay, how you would be arrested. You could spend your life in, in prison for being homosexual you lose your job, your kids, your civil liberties were not at all yeah. protected as a homosexual man. The cops would set up sting operations, basically go into these gay clubs man. and hit on gay men and then take them down to the beach and beat the hell out of them and just leave them or arrest them. And how many drag queens were arrested? It just really kind of look at what's going on I mean, now. I was like, That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like. You don't watch shows like this. You see <laughs> these patterns. You're seeing it in real time. It's almost. being repeated God. almost. But it's they talk about the lesbians, um, how lesbians were the ones who s- kind of swooped in yeah, and yeah. cared for the mm-hmm. homosexual men who were dying mm-hmm. for AIDS, and how before they really didn't welcome them yeah. into the community. They're very separate. Very separate. Yeah. But which when is this kind happened, of yeah. But when this happened, they're, you know, and I'm gonna tear up talking about it. You know, this this whole documentary, there there are all these homosexual men that were in the eighties in New York when the Man. AIDS epidemic started. And they're given firsthand accounts of how they were treated and what they went through and what they were being told and how They'd lost loved ones or boyfriends and, you know, all these things. And they were talking about how before they were very separate. He's like, but when this happened and it hit us and the nurses would put the food out and wouldn't even come into the room to feed the men who were dying of AIDS because they were scared. They thought it was contagious contagious. through the air or something. That the lesbian women... Or bisexual yeah. women, here they were. He's like, those are our sisters. They swooped in, mm-hmm. they came in, they cared for us, they cared for He's like, and we're all, you know. Yeah. It kind of broke down that barrier that they had set yeah, up. It's very, true. very good. Man. Ugh, it's a very good documentary. And to be honest, I don't know a ton about AIDS in the 80s. Just from, I mean, I've seen it on shows, of course, like sure. American Horror Story right. or no. other random things. but. It's way worse than we could ever, ever even dream imagine. of. I mean, well, and here's the thing, you know, in the eight early eighties when this all started, AIDS killed ninety six percent of people infected. Smallpox oh, and Ebola you, only like, killed sixty percent. Oh, so one in three who contracted tragic. AIDS in the early eighties they they died. One in just three. Like, they're gonna die. Like if a loved one gets it, you're like, there's good is gone. That Ugh. that would have caused oh my gosh. mass hysteria for anyone else, but it was silence for the homosexuals. That's true. I mean, not to bring COVID into it, but it's kind of like that was that was a big freaking deal, and it still is a big deal because it was affecting everyone. It affects but everyone, imagine if yeah. it was just affecting one majority like, of yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, it's. It's like I'm I'm not gonna get on my soapbox. Just watch the documentary. There's a um movie based so they talk about this book called And the Band Played On in this book uh-huh. or in this movie, I'm sorry, or documentary. There is a movie by the same title on HBO Max that has Matthew Modine in it. He plays um I think he plays the the guy who wrote And mm-hmm. the Band Played On. But I cannot stress how completely informative, heartbreaking eye-opening that this is it it just it's really good you should watch it and while you're at it go read about ruth coker burks you ever heard of her no she's from arkansas 
She was a humanitarian and caregiver for AIDS patients here in Arkansas. She used her own salary to care for AIDS patients whose families and communities had completely abandoned them in the 80s. She would be the only one sometimes that would go and sit with them, hold their hand when they died. And she used her own money to bury these men. Man, and you have to think about it, especially Arkansas. And I can say that because I live here. But that probably forced a lot of them to Mm -hmm. come out of the closet, like tell their families I'm dying. And can you imagine the stigma from their own families? And that's what you're like, I'm going to die soon. And they're just like, oh, my God, you're gay. You deserve this. It's like you, like I said, you will cry till you grow up. Um, But yeah, read about her. She's got, there's a book called All the Young Men Mm. that's based on her life. And Rose McGowan actually wrote and directed a short film called Ruth that is based on her life here in Arkansas and what she did as a humanitarian for men who had AIDS and died of AIDS in in our own state. It's very, ugh. Anyways, yeah, that's a very good, it's on YouTube, like I said. Um, I haven't watched the movie, but hell, maybe I will tonight. I don't know. Who's Order me say, a pizza. And, a pizza. Oh, I was going to also tell you about Lucid Dreams. You know, we were talking yeah. about that. I had one the other day. <sighs> Let me tell you what it was about. Tell me. It's so fucking stupid. I got a job at an animal shelter. That's interesting. Do you know what my job was? Picking up poop? No, worse. Picking ticks off dogs. Oh, my God. Literally. Ew. In my dream, I'm like, you've got to wake up. You have got to wake up. If you have to pull one more tick off a cat's butthole. Oh, my God. Ew. That's so random. Did you see a tick? Were you thinking about ticks at all? I don't know. Wow. I think maybe I listened to our episode where I asked you if you would eat a dog tick for Taylor Swift tickets. Maybe it was I in my... Do, I actually wouldn't do that. Maybe it I was... I hate ticks. Yeah. Well, I had that was my lucid dream. Is I, that was my job at the animal shelters. Oh, ticks my off. God. That's the worst job I could think of. I'd, anything else. Literally mm-hmm. anything else. I'd rather have the sleep paralysis demon than to oh dream about God. picking ticks Ew. off of dogs. No. So you're welcome. Thank you for that. <laughs> that's a great note to end on. Where are we next week? Um, North Carolina, yeah. I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yes. I'm pretty yes. sure. Well, I have it in my phone. We are. So well, happy 4th. Right. Happy 4th of July. Hope it was a fun and festive one. And you still have all your digits. Yes. Please don't lose a finger over or toe. a bottle rocket. It's not worth it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Bye. Bye.